Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Introducing the new Starbucks Pistachio Cream Cold Brew. Silky Pistachio Cream Cold Foam tops our bold, smooth cold brew for a delicious twist on a favorite winter flavor. Make today a good day. Order ahead on the Starbucks app. That cold case you're listening to? Nasty stuff. But you know what else is a crime? Missing even a moment of whatever you're doing to go on a drink run. Luckily, there's Drizzly, the number one app for alcohol delivery. With Drizzly, you can compare prices on the biggest selection of beer, wine, and spirits, then get them delivered in under 60 minutes. So download the Drizzly app or go to drizzly.com. That's D-R-I-Z-L-Y.com today. Hey, Ray, how you feeling? You know, when the temperatures drop and we get that winter feeling things, it really affects me more. That's when I get that aching in my bones. But I found that CBD and medicinal together can take care of the majority of my aches and pains. The ones that, you know, you have every day as you age, but also the ones that you get from all those activities of taking care of business in the fall. No kidding. I've been doing a lot of raking because we have so many old trees around our house that you rake one day and then two days later... The yard's filled up with leaves again. And that's why we're happy to have One CBD as our sponsor. Go to OneCBD.com. That's O-N-E-C-B-D.com. Or follow them on at OneCBDLife on Twitter. And you can find out about all the aspects of what One CBD does to help you with your pain. One of the things that I like the most, Marcus, is that everything they purchase to be used in their CBD is 100% organically grown hemp, free from pesticides and fertilizers, and that's important. I also like the fact that they're third-party lab tested and made in the USA. And they know how to take care of business when it comes to your pain. At 1CBD, O-N-E-C-B-D.com. Achieve a renewed sense of balance. Welcome to the Imbalance History of Rock and Roll. I'm Ray Coob. I'm Marcus in the Darkest. And we're ready to jump into another episode here that we've had some fun talking about before we even got started on this episode of Five Favorite Singers of the 80s. Yeah, throughout the uh, time we've been doing this podcast, many of the names that will be coming up in this Five Favorite list have been discussed either on air or in our own personal discussions. 
Legends. And it's really cool because this is a time when, Ray, you knew who you were and a time when I was learning who I was. And your part of that is why you wanted to make this an episode of 10 Favorites because so much was coming into your life at that time, right? Oh, absolutely. That's totally why I emailed you or messaged you and said, hey, can we do a 10 Faves? I don't know if I can do five. But I do have it whittled down to five with quite a few honorable mentions. And I'm going to tell you this, and you could probably agree with this. If we were to redo this list of three months from now, six months from now, nine months from now. Blind. If we did it blind. Without looking back at it, yep, each of yep. these lists would be different every three months. But there would be one yep. or two that would rotate in and out of there. <laughs> yeah. But for the most part, that list would change with all of these names floating in and we out. We should test that theory in about three, four months. We should redo this one as just because, I mean, it's imbalanced, man. We're the imbalanced totally. history of rock and roll. What the fuck? <laughs> and as always, we are brought to you by One CBD. Check them out at onecbd.com and by our friends at Crooked Eye Brewery right there in the heart of Hatboro. They got the good stuff. The cure for what ails you since 2014 at Crooked Eye. So, five favorites, 1980. 80s man fertile period for both of us as far as great music what we loved and what we were into but like you pointed out different periods in our lives well before we go too much further marcus i know you've been in touch with vegas what is the over under on how many of these we will have in common on this episode the over under for this week five favorite singers 1.5 Oh, now we got to take a moment and think about what are our wagers on that line, 1.5. How many do you think we'll have in common? One. You know, I'm going to go zero because of the discussion, because I was going to say one or two. And then we had the discussion we had about the different eras that we grew up in. And I thought, well, he needs 10. So that means we have twice as much of an opportunity to not agree. So I'm going to go zero. So let's see what happens here. On the imbalance history of rock and roll, five <laughs> favorites. Stepping <laughs> to the ladder's box. All righty. In the darkest. You're up at number five. At number five, we are going to go to Birmingham, England. There was a movement, a branch of the rock and roll family tree. The second wave of ska was making a lot of noise in the UK, and it was starting to float over to America. And this band, really, out of all of them, I think touched me the most and I'm talking about the English beat and Dave Wakeling being my number five. I listened to throughout the 80s between English Beat and General Public. They put out five albums that I listen to regularly. So Dave Wakeling, my number five. 
And again, the English beat being important to me, but much more important to you because of our age difference, kind of, right? Yes, definitely. And not only that, I think where we were in our lives and who we were in our lives at that time as well. Flipping it around because when you start, I start with number five. Yes. So, Ray, what is your number five? He wasn't on the underground radio. He was on every radio. He didn't just, you know, create a trend or bring back a trend. He was a trend. He was born in the USA. He was Bruce Springsteen, my number five singer of the 80s. say why number five could be higher right well i think when you see the other ones on my list you'll understand why because when you look at bruce's music in the 80s he started with the river took a left turn with nebraska and then went back to the biggest mainest streamiest kind of success you can have with born in the usa and then followed that with something different without the e street band a little tunnel of love and then he kind of simmers down as people do often after mega success with tunnel of love in 1987 the boss my number five favorite singer of the 80s pretty impressive the boss was fantastic in the 80s but i could see you ranking him higher in the 70s versus the 80s just because of where you were at that time versus maybe where you were in the 80s and with radio and things like that happening in your life your musical tastes had expanded even more that happens with another artist later in this episode of five favorites Oh, that yeah. means it's my number four, doesn't it? Yes, it is. So what is your number four? The centerpiece of the 80s for Freddie Mercury has to be those moments at Live Aid where he brought the whole world together with an amazing experience of music and solidarity to feed people. Basic concept that we all agree on. All of us agree on feeding people, right? You still all agree on that? Oh, absolutely.
But along the way, the game, hot space, the works, all kinds of music coming out, a kind of magic and the miracle, hit after hit, platinum and gold in every country, and the most amazing front man. I think the guy who takes the front and center fully as a person with no other instrument in his hand is a very brave soul. And Freddie Mercury may be the bravest of all those. An amazing performer, too, Freddie Mercury. My number four on this episode of Five Favorites on the Imbalanced History of Rock and Roll. What's your number four, buddy? My number four is a two-headed monster. The band got rid of one singer and brought in another singer. Both singers fantastic. Both singers great energy. And both singers uh, very different in style. But they both achieved monstrous success with the same band. And I'm talking about the two-headed monster of David Lee Roth and Sammy Hagar with Van Halen. Children first. Fair warning. Diver down. 1984. 5150. OU812. What an incredible set of five albums in a row. And those two singers made so many millions and millions of people happy and feel so fucking good with their music that you just can't deny their greatness. And... That is why they are my number four. I never gave them up. I always listened to Van Halen, even when I was listening to more alternative and punk stuff. They were one band that always stayed steady with me. I think that's true of most VH fans, or a lot of VH fans anyway. That's great. So, man, we got some good stuff shaping up here on this episode. Yeah, we do, and we can also tell already by where we are in the countdown and who we've chosen who we were and where we were in our lives at that time is it really that revelatory oh totally (laughs) (laughs) okay so you did your number four and now it's time for my number three Oh, that's right. There you go. Marcus? 
I'm going to tell you about this band from California. Very quirky, very different, very alternative. In their contract as a band, they put together a dinosaur clause that said when they stop making good, creative, unique, original music together, then the band would break up. The guy, when this band broke up and their dinosaur clause expired and they stopped making the creative music, went on to Hollywood and made soundtracks for movies that you and I know and that so many people know and love dearly in TV shows. And I'm talking about Danny Elfman and the Mystic Knights of Oingo Boingo, my number three. I listen to them all the time. They released most of their albums in the 80s. I saw them a couple of times. One time I saw them in the late 80s. The Red Hot Chili Peppers opened up for them at Red Rocks. And let me tell you, that show was insane. I also saw them in a small club in uh, St. Louis. And it was one of the most fun dance shows I have ever been to in my life. It was amazing. Danny Elfman, my number three. I'm just sitting here slack-jawed. Because it's really great stuff, and I didn't see that one coming at all. <laughs> Wait, two more. Well, right here in the very middle of our little uh, countdown of five favorites, it is time to pause for the cause that refreshes and head on down to Hatboro and see our friends at Crooked Eye. I was talking to Paul and Pete, man, and they want to offer a special thank you to all of the listeners of the imbalanced history of rock and roll. What kind of special are you talking about? Everybody likes free beer, Marcus. How about a free 10-ouncer when you go in and mention the imbalanced history of rock and roll when you sit down and order your first drink? Free 10-ouncer, yes. Some of the most amazing brews you're going to find at any brewery in the Philadelphia area right there at York and Montgomery in the heart of Hatboro. We're talking about Crooked Eye Brewery, pouring the cure for what ails you since 2014. My favorite of all the Crooked Eye beers is the Black Eye Stout. I love Oh, yeah, you love that. that. Yes, you do. So smooth and just so full of flavor. Jeff manages to get more flavor. And the way he kind of masks the edge on the hops is oh, beautiful. And you can't beat going in, sitting down, saying, hey, I listened to The Imbalanced History of Rock and Roll. May I please have that free 10-ouncer? <laughs> free beer. Why not stop in and get a growler, a pint, a crowler? Take some home with you. And don't forget, the entertainment's back. It's coming back in stages. There's more and more stuff going on. And find out what events are back and when they are. It's Crooked Eye Brewery on Facebook. Right in the heart of Hatboro, the cure for what ails you. And a free 10-ouncer. When you mentioned the imbalanced history of rock and roll, and we thank them for their support. Hey, man, I got to talk to you about something. What? Um, I have a problem. What's that problem? I have to. I'm, I'm not getting any help for it yet, but I'm, I'm looking for a group to help support me in my ability to stop saying quote unquote or quote end quote in <laughs> regards to things I say on the podcast. I, I'm, I'm I'm Ray. I have a problem. I don't know what. And, and I'm trying to 
quote unquote stop it. <laughs> and I realize I don't have to do that. I can just say whatever the fuck it is we're trying to say or what, what we have to say at cool. give it the proper attribution and and so I'm going to endeavor to do uh less of that as we uh, continue into uh well almost just 2 years of doing this podcast we're still Believe it or not, we're still adjusting and moving forward. <laughs> like that prize fighter who gets hit in the face really hard but still manages to return fire. That's us. Yeah. <laughs> well, back to our episode. It is five favorites, five favorite singers of the 80s. And there are so many different genres by the 80s to choose from. Not easy to nail it down. At number five, you picked Dave Wakeling from The English Beat. I said Bruce Springsteen. For number four, you pulled a Marcus and got the double-headed monster of DLR and Sammy Hagar for Van Halen, and I put up Freddie Mercury. And your number three, Oingo Boingo out of left field, it's Danny Elfman, and I get why. I get why. My number three, different reason, but equally understandable. In Philadelphia, they refer to him as the saint. Peter Gabriel and the music that he put out in the 80s speaks for itself with the third solo record Melt followed by Security and So. Those three albums spoke so loudly of what the music was in the 80s. The good stuff. Not all the pablum and the pop stuff that always occupies a lot of space in music as we move forward, but the stuff that really meant something to the rock listener. Those three albums, and the two before that, actually, you know, uh, both Car and Scratch, all. Leading up to Peter Gabriel, uh, our episode on So kind of says a lot about that, too, mm -hmm. being my number three favorite singer of the 80s. I'm going to have to say, after uh, listening to these first uh, three of each of us, you're going to mm -hmm. probably win with zero correct. <laughs> and I think it's time. I think we should find out what your number two is just to see if we are accurate and zero in common. As the 80s began, this band was DOA because of the singer's death. Bon Scott's death made it look like lights out for ACDC. No future. Absolutely not. What? In comes a Scotsman who was the perfect fit, Brian Johnson. Not only does he come in and fill the spot for Back in Black, which becomes one of the biggest selling albums of all time, meant as a tribute to Bon Scott. He drives the bus through the 80s, through the 90s, into the 21st century, leaves because he's deafened himself to the point of losing his hearing, and then comes back with the new album when they say it's time to power up. My number two, Brian Johnson of ACDC. Wow. 
You can't go wrong with them. I think every kid in America almost had Back in Black when it was released. Even kids who don't like rock and roll that much like that album. It's one of those albums that is really special. It is uh, one of those albums that showed that a band can survive a big tragedy and move forward. Zeppelin did not survive the loss of Bonzo. I know it's different to lose a drummer than it is well, they, a they vocalist. They voluntarily but, yeah. withdrew. They yeah, they did, voluntarily yeah. withdrew. But, you know, the real challenge for ACDC was that a lot of those songs for Back in Black were already formed or written when Brian came in. The real challenge moving forward for those about to rock and flick the switch and fly on the wall and some of these albums were had mixed reviews but all had success to one level or another especially here in the u.s through the 80s and that's why i put brian johnson right where he belongs live tough to top man and your number two my number two is robert smith of the cure their album 17 seconds faith pornography the top the head on the door kiss me kiss me kiss me and disintegration i listen to all the time their first album three imaginary boys came out in 79 which became uh, boys don't cry in like 1980 which they released early before they released 17 seconds and just there were songs on there that i I drew to I never felt the depression or the sadness but I love the beauty of the music there's an aesthetic beauty especially to some of that early uh, Cure music that really just pulled me in and it was easy to listen to their music and just get lost in your daydreams and your thoughts I'm glad that the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame finally got around to recognizing them for their contribution to an entire genre of music that has become a huge branch of the giant tree of rock and roll family. So they're great, and I I love them. I didn't listen to them nearly as much as you did, but you know what I did that I really enjoyed? My connection to The Cure mainly was playing them on the radio. But I did the Saturday night dance party at the Troc in Chinatown. We would be there every Saturday night, and they had a lot of great remixes in that late 80s early 90s period uh, all, as they became big Fascination Street and all that stuff yeah. we were able to play the mixes in the club and make it work with your ZZ Tops and your Billy Idols for a fun night so they did something that no one else did which helped to define something that wasn't there before they came in and them and a handful of others really are the forefathers of the modern alternative movement absolutely their influence on even bands like the Deftones is so profound and huge and there's so many bands that we've listen to that have all mentioned The Cure as an influence on them and I can totally see why I you mentioned the dance remixes the Love Cats Let's Go to Bed were huge on the dance floor in the 80s when we would go to the alternative clubs and dance the night away along with the ministry before he got pissed off and started doing heroin like the uh, everyday is Halloween dancing stuff Depeche Mode, Joy Depeche Division, Mode yeah. Joy Division New Order Bauhaus yeah. we used to play their cover of Ziggy Stardust 
Florida. Yeah, that music all was so important in shaping alternative music and the Cure and Robert Smith especially. And every one of my mixtapes that I ever made for our friends in high school always had a Cure tune on it. Every single one of them. So that's my The mixtape master here <laughs> on the Adonis <laughs> History of Rock and Roll. Now, drum roll to your number one, five favorite singer uh, of the 80s. My number one started out making noise in the 70s and his music is influenced by the mod scene in Britain as well as Motown and Stax Records. His first band, a power trio, split up in 1982 when he felt that they couldn't go any further than they were because they'd reached the top. And then he changed directions and formed the Style Council with Mick Talbot of Dexy's Midnight Runners. And I'm talking about Paul Weller of the Jam and the Style Council. Somebody that I listened to even more than I listened to The Cure back in those days with their album Cafe Blue, which was my ever-changing moods in the United States, our favorite shops, which was internationalist. And then he did The Cost of Loving and Confessions of a Pop Group as solo records with a lot of uh, EPs and other singles that he released with both the Style Council and his solo stuff. I listened to his music quite a bit as well through the uh, 80s and into the 90s. Paul Weller, my number one favorite vocalist of the 80s. I can't believe that our number one isn't the same. Not that Paul Weller isn't a great singer and one of my favorite voices from that time period. But I thought, oh, we're going to have one in common because he has to pick Bono as his favorite singer of the 80s. It started in 1980 with Boy, and it peaked in the middle of the 80s. Start, you were at the show, the famous mm -hmm. show that became the live album at Red Rocks. It became the unforgettable fire in Joshua Tree, on to Rattle and Hump, and beyond, you too continues to make amazing albums and amazing music and perform at a level that means that they still have a long way to go as long as we get through the COVID-19 pandemic. Oh, yeah. And that's why Bono is my number one singer of the 80s. You know, but it was the kind of thing where you just felt right when you're listening to one of their songs from that period of time. It always give you a little lift in the day. Even some of the the more mellow stuff like "Bad" was just mm. a, a great energy song. Oh yeah, you know, things from "Wide Awake in America." And all I know is that their music means a lot to both of us. Oh, absolutely. And as I'm looking at the bands here, and there are other bands that certainly we should talk about them mm. real quick here before we run out of time on this. this we don't run out of time, and we actually have quite.
quite a bit of uh, time behind us now to talk about some of these other musicians and vocalists that we did not yeah. put in our top five that could easily be in our top five. You mentioned Bono as your number one. I kept flipping him and Danny Elfman and David Wakeling around the whole time, and uh -huh. that's part of why I asked for 10. I asked for 10 because of Getty Lee, because of Joe Elliott, because of... Joe Elliott's on my list, too. Chrissy Hine, Peter Gabriel was right there, just out of there. Bono Vox, Ian Asbury. I mean, we talked about some of these musicians like Sade. I listened to a fuck ton of in the 80s. Yeah, and, but you know, we could play a game of yeah. like Sesame Street. One yeah. of these things is not like the other. And yes. You don't have to look far to say Sade. Your love is king. Joe Strummer and Mick Jones were right there. Tom Petty was right there because of how much I listened to Tom Petty in the 80s. Michael Stipe of R.E.M. from about 83 on, I listened to a lot of their music. Natalie Merchant and 10,000 Maniacs made a big impact on me. You know, we had the alarm, big country. I'm going to go, you know, out there and say that I listened to a lot of Whitney Houston. So... Wait a minute, wait a minute. It's, it's the real Amin police. Wee. There you go. <laughs> but also like David Byrne between the Talking Heads and his solo work put out uh, some brilliant yeah, stuff. Point. Thurston Moore and Kim Gordon, the duo from Sonic Youth. Robert Plant after Zeppelin broke up. Well, that's did one some of amazing mine. stuff too. So. That's one of mine too. And somebody that you haven't brought up yet that is a big part of the 80s early on and certainly at the end of the 80s. I'm talking about Steven Tyler. Yes. Uh, you mentioned Joe Elliott. Plan as a solo artist did amazing things despite the fact that it was completely different from Zeppelin, had a different feel, most of it. Pat Benatar. Mm -hmm. uh, artist as well really one of the great rock singers oh, yes. of the 1980s and right in there with all the other people we've been discussing and he would have been a top five for me in the 70s but david bowie continues mm -hmm. strong in the 80s as an honorable mention as we call him when we do these top five favorite things a lot of great music and uh always fun to share it all with you here on the podcast it's always great we had metallica gathering their steam in that in the 80s you had uh, bruce dickinson and iron maiden in the 80s you had so many. I mean, this is really a hard top sure. five. Well, I think we need to subgenre this shit out, man. I think we could really have a lot of fun doing 
soul singers of the 80s, and both of us are huge Charday yeah. fans, so she could be in there and, and different things like that or, yeah. and do an alternative list yeah. and, and do metal this list. metal list and do all that. There's a lot of that kind of fun that we can have with Five Favorites. That's why I keep saying we need to start a second podcast that's just Five Favorites. We would have so much fun doing that one. That I, would I'm be. Just, no, he would. And just Five Favorite Life. Yeah, all I kinds mean, I'm of sure most of it would be, yeah, but I'm sure most of it would be music just because that seems to be at the uh, top of our love list as far as uh, those go. Marcus, I got to tell you, we're heading into the holiday season here uh, with Thanksgiving coming up in the U.S. And uh, a lot of of people are talking about interactions at the holidays. Our situation in the United States, especially when it comes to the COVID-19 pandemic, is we are at epidemic proportions here. We are at emergency proportions of infections and hospitalizations and are in danger of overwhelming the healthcare system. A lot of people are talking about getting together for Thanksgiving in large groups, and I think it's a bad idea, and I hate to be a downer at the holidays, but folks, if you want Nana to be here in the new year, I would say try not to expose her to COVID at the holidays. Okay, I'm serious about this. We have so much fun on this podcast, and this episode's a perfect example. But I'm not fucking joking. There's nothing fake about it. I've seen too many people who are dying, and their last words, Marcus, have been that it's not real. This, how can this be happening to me? Because they don't understand. They won't let their brain understand that this thing is real, and it's killing people every day. Mm-hmm. We're having the equivalent of a 9/11 every other day in America. And we have to pull together beyond any other divisions you think that exist out there, folks. No matter what your beliefs are about politics and personal choices, think of the person next to you, especially an elderly relative or somebody in your family who's got a comorbidity. They don't stand a chance against this thing. And I I hate to get on a goddamn soapbox here on a podcast that's more about fun and rock and roll, but I'm sick and tired of people fucking ignoring this thing. Put your mask on, wash your damn hands, keep the mask open over your fucking nose and let's all have a happy Christmas so we can have many more <laughs> together with our families that's right, that's right that's why I'm pissed off I don't want to lose any more people I've lost more again this week just to put it into perspective for some of the people out there we both work in radio that's live radio so we get live phone calls in real time and we get stories from people who have suffered greatly from the pandemic and due to the fact that like bars aren't open we've become the new bartender for people to to call and you know reach it's out to, back to that and talk to, to it was that way in the 80s and the 90s yes. when i first yes. got into radio we were like bartenders we were psychologists for people who would call up and talk to us and confess their whole life story to us and because we're there live and local people are reaching out to us in that way as a warm voice to talk to it's really heartbreaking to hear some of the stories that we have to hear and so please coming and the stories from, of loneliness the yeah. stories of difficulty Yes. In, in the neighborhood and just continue to talk about it and uh, in the U.S. have a happy Thanksgiving and as you get into the holiday season we wish nothing but the best for you we're going to keep doing what we do and uh, we've got a couple different things planned over the next few weeks that we hope you'll enjoy so thanks for listening every week here you ready to go? I am ready to go and if you have any uh, questions if you want to share your five favorite 80s rock singers please shoot us an email imbalancehistory at gmail.com or when we post 
on Facebook, Twitter, any of those uh, websites, The Imbalanced History of Rock and Roll. Please share your five favorite rock singers of the 80s as we have shared ours, and we would love to know who yours are. Till the next time we do it to it, I'm Ray Coob. I'm Marcus in the Darkest. And this is The Imbalanced History of Rock and Roll. Custom Ink can help you recognize employees, show customer appreciation, and outfit your teams with your favorite products and brands customized with your logo. At CustomInc.com, you can easily make your mark on all sorts of products, including water bottles, backpacks, polos, jackets, and so much more. Make Custom Ink your go-to business partner with great customer service, quality products, and all-in pricing with personalized help when you need it and an easy-to-use website when you don't, all backed by a 100% satisfaction guarantee. Go to CustomInc.com to get started today. With one of the best savings rates in America, banking with Capital One is the easiest decision in the history of decisions. Even easier than choosing Slash to be in your band. Next up for lead guitar. You're in. Cool. (laughs) Yep, even easier than that. And with no fees or minimums on checking and savings accounts, is it even a decision? That's banking reimagined. What's in your wallet? Terms apply. See CapitalOne.com slash bank for details. Capital One and a member FDIC. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points. Fantasy Points.